Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, episode 42 for the week of... September 2nd, 2019. My name is Ron Hergens Jr. and I'm here with my co-host. Valerie Vidmar. Hello and welcome. Thank you. Today is my big brother's birthday. Happy birthday, big brother. Mm-hmm. I, Eric, he probably never... I don't even know if he knows that I have this. <laughs> but um, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, so it's been a little while. It's been almost a, a month since we've recorded. Life has been uh, been progressing for both of us, so we've... Uh, Crazy, and I feel like I haven't really been to the theater much for it being summertime. Yeah, August has been kind of light in general. For the movies and yeah. for movie going. I, I watch movies at home, but um, that's... They're, yeah, this just, this seems like a much lighter August than it has been in the past. Um, but hey, September's here and things school are starting. Right, school starting and things are kicking into high gear. Oh, yes. Um, so today's docket, we're going to discuss a little bit of the news from the last month, some of the trailers from the last month. Go back through, um, well, we can't really quite do our Q review. We'll just kind of do what we did yeah. because our Q review has kind of been blown to hell and um, get into our recommendation list, uh, reach into our grab bag, talk about a little about what's new, what's interesting, um, and then go from there and we'll see what we've got. All right. So uh, some news in the media world. What you got? Let's see here. I have this, this is uh, the Venice... International Film Festival, which is the 76th annual, opened on the 28th. And it looks like The Joker did well. And yeah, then The so, Joker was the opening movie, right? Yeah. Well, it was reported that there was an eight-minute standing ovation. And then, you know, it's an Oscar contender, blah, blah, blah. So, And, it, and we just happened to get a longer newer trailer and i'm telling you that looks phenomenal and i haven't watched it yet isn't that terrible it the the trailer delves into a little bit more of um him just falling apart as a a human and he's walking said that he was falling apart the joker seems like he screws people up that character yeah it's going to be interesting because they they keep touting that this is not based off of any comic or anything else it's just their take on what would the what would it take for a person to become the joker that's their approach to this so there's no like comic material that it's using however in the trailer um bruce wayne's father thomas wayne 
is there. So they're using elements of from the comics and along with this. So, but I mean, Joaquin, just from what I've seen from the trailers, he is just phenomenal right now. So this is getting an eight minute standing ovation at at a film festival. That's um, a long time for something that even though it's not touting itself as a comic book movie is a comic book movie um, is something. Um, Maybe he'll recover from losing as being Johnny Cash. (sighs) Well, he went into uh, retirement right after Johnny Cash. He was really depressed. You know, she won and I didn't. What? Anyway, (laughs) it just seems like um, I remember being shocked by that as well. Um, And then it looks we have the I don't. I hate to admit this, but um, I don't um, watch much TV. So the Emmy nominations came out, which didn't mean a ton to me. Well, I mean, I guess some of the drama series um, that I was interested in. Well, this will air September 22nd, I believe, on Fox. Um, So I have seen... Of the best drama series, Ozark. We did talk about this, didn't we? This was back in July. We did? I'm pretty sure we did. The Emmys? It was probably a very, very shortly. Oh, goodness. Well, you know, I've slept since then. Um, So one of the shows I did watch that was nominated And they have too. They probably don't remember. um, (laughs) Emmy was Chernobyl. That's right. It was a really good show. Uh, Yeah. Sharp Objects was really good. When They See Us was good. That was a limited series. And um, Schitt's Creek looks really funny. I mean, I have watched part of it and it was funny. I just haven't been able to sit down and watch it is the problem. It's, that's really kind of an annoying thing about having kids is you can't watch TV. <laughs> Just kidding. Not so much that you can't watch TV. There's certain things you can't watch with kids in their room. I know. <laughs> you can watch TV. But, uh, you know, gosh, like during the day, you're just wanting them to do something else and not be like you. Don't be like me and watch TV growing up. And that's all you did. But I turned out okay. Um, That's not all I did, I guess, but a lot. It just sounds like it's raining men. No, I think the fans from our computers just kicked on. Oh. Sounds like it. They're hot. Yeah. Either that or it's mine. Yeah, it's yours. Mine gets hot. It's mine? Yeah. I don't know where the vent is. Is that underneath? Because that would make no sense. Wow, yours is really hot. I know. And this is a new thing. So maybe I should put it like something underneath it, but I don't have anything with me currently. Um, so yeah, the Emmy, Emmy, <laughs> Look up, look it up. Oh, we, we did have like some strange Twitter feud that hat that hat like that's around um, the Emmys that deals with Deborah Messing and um, Trump 
Oh, yeah. So I don't, I'm not can, really into. You can look that up. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I swear to you that I have everything muted. That was that was like the beginning. Sounded like the beginning of um, Miami Vice. The the. Uh, like back in the day. Anyway, having strange sounds. What else do we have here? We have... Uh, so yeah, big thing uh, just happened last week. Uh, D23, Disney's uh, expo, where they kind of go through their uh, new shows and new movies coming out. Um, we've got a lot of info on the new Disney Plus streaming platform that's going to be coming out in November. Um, bunch of new shows coming to that and reboots. Hmm. Um, so like they're doing a high school musical series. Um, Lizzie McGuire's getting rebooted or rebooted continued maybe would be the record. word. Is there any good news? Um, but the big ones were um, Star Wars Mandalorian. We got our first trailer of that. I saw that. Um, looks freaking fantastic. I saw something that was kind of more of like a. Did you, did you see something that that went through the series? Yeah, but that that's that's not the series. That's for the upcoming movie, Skywalker. That ripped my heart out. Yeah, that's that was different. That's okay, not that's gonna different. Be on the Disney Plus gotcha. uh, series. So the Mandalorian is an original. Oh, cool. Star Wars. Um, series that's being produced and we got our first trailer of that um the star wars footage that you saw that was um different you know there's there was a couple new tidbits for the new movie that's coming out in december the rise of the skywalker i'll probably go well why wouldn't you <laughs> no <laughs> well because because yeah. the last one well the last one not the last one I don't know which ones are, I guess all of them are uh, related, whichever one. That, yeah, it's a saga. Yeah, Han. Nine films. The Han movie just killed me, so I just, I just couldn't, I literally well, Han died. Well, Han died in the, yeah, the seventh one. I haven't seen anything since then. So. Also, you've missed number eight as well. Yeah. And the. So okay. I, I guess you need to watch number eight. I thought you watched Solo, though. No, I did not watch Solo. Wow. I just, what was the point? <laughs> Sorry. <Star Wars> movie? <laughs> I know. I, I get, I don't know, weird about that stuff. I guess I should watch it. Did you? Yeah, I can't remember. You liked it or you didn't like it? It was okay. I, I mean, it was okay for... A movie on its own as a Star Wars movie, it kind of was not great. But like I said, if it was a movie on its own and wasn't connected with Star Wars, it would have been a good film. It's just you're you were judging it up against the the rest of the Star Wars. I was, continuum. and I have a habit of being that way. And that's not a good film person. That's not a good film viewer reviewer. Um. So yeah, there's a little bit more on the Disney Plus. So. We got some news on pricing. It looks like it's going to be, um, I think they were saying it's six ninety nine, and they're going to bundle it with Hulu for thirteen ninety nine. So I mean, why are you why are you making that face? I'm trying to decide whether 
we would do that or not. You get access to the whole Disney vault. I'd see to me. Mm-mm. Why? I just don't care. I am not. I know. Oh my gosh. I came from I, I, my entire family, Disney family. It's not like I grew up with Disney films, but I'm not a Disney person. I mean, I like some Disney stuff. When I think of like Disney, to me, I think about cartoons and I think about the animated movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I, it, you know, post, I mean, like the 70s or the early 80s, I'm pretty much done. I, I, I don't know. I didn't really like them. Isn't that strange? I don't know. Although I, I did, um, I did cry during Toy Story Four. I did. Um, but that's for another story. <laughs> uh, and they also announced a couple uh, new Marvel shows that'll be coming with that, and where we are getting She Hulk TV series, um, Moon Knight TV series. And what's Moon Knight? M- Mrs. Marvel. Miss uh, Moon Knight is a he's kind of like an assassin. I didn't really follow Moon Knight too much, um, but he's an assassin who is a cool name. Some ended up he yeah the whole backstory I've just lost. But um, but we're also getting a Miss Marvel, hmm. which is different than Captain Marvel. It's Miss Marvel, um, so she'll be in the TV series. In name. And okay. she she's Miss Marvel because her favorite person was Captain Marvel. Really? Yeah. So she named herself after. Oh my. Um, but the exciting part is that they confirmed that the stuff that we're going to be seeing in the TV shows or the streaming series are going to be integrated into the film as well. So they're going to be fluid. So all the stuff that we've been having announced they're all going to be attached. So it's pretty cool. So when they say the entire Disney, so they're talking about every single Disney. Everything that Disney owns. That's all the Marvel properties, the Fox properties. Like going back clear to, you know, yeah, 1920s. I think, I think the only one that won't 1920s. be on there is the 19, uh, the racist one. The 40s, 1940s. What was the racist one with the, the bears? Is it the bears? There's a racist... Yeah, the racist Bear. Disney one. The uh, I don't. Yeah, you do. You'd know it if I said it. I would say it was racist. I don't know if I'd say I, it was I, racist, but that I'm not. It's sure. definitely got. When did it go? When did it happen? Is this a recent movie? Just give me a second. Song of the South. Oh, I never saw it. Yeah. Or maybe if I did, it was a long time ago, but. I my my pro- guess is Song of the South will probably be the only thing that's not on the Disney Network. I would probably get it for all of the old oldies, oldies but goodies. That would probably be why. And then maybe I would start watching the new, new ones. But, you know, we went through. The, I have a real hard time with a lot of Disney movies that, most people don't have a hard time with. Like, you know, I really don't like The Little Mermaid. And, you know, I just, that whole premise drives me crazy. So I can't, just drives me nuts. And I never, I got into any of those 
I don't know. I, the Lion King. I even went to go see the. But see, so you're just focusing on that. And Disney is so much more. I know. You've got That's the whole I mean. Star Wars universe. You've got the whole Marvel's universe. Everything they just picked up from Fox. Okay. It's huge. Fine. I will. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. And for like people who don't have the money to go out and buy every single Marvel movie, the, they're going to have access to that library at any time they want. That's a good thing because I think... A lot of people spend a lot of money on movies to have them, just to have them. Yeah. And now you can just watch them, and it's a lot easier to watch them instead of, like me. I did finally all of my 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 DVD collection when uh, my sister was in. She helped me alphabetize. I was doing them by genre, and I couldn't find anything. So now I alphabetize everything, and now I can find stuff. Um but yeah, I still am that DVD person that still owns and has a library and will continue to. If I think I need to move over to Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, whatever, I think you're an idiot and you're clogging, clogging up your house, which Jason thinks so too. Anyway. Maybe. And then one other little piece of Marvel superhero news. Um, apparently there was a breakup with Spider-Man and Disney and Sony issue. So we're still waiting for more of the fallout to come from that. But basically it's apparent that Disney and Sony kind of broke off their relationship. And so that Disney's blessing, Marvel's blessing will not be on the, uh, the future Spider-Man movies that will be produced by Sony because they weren't able to come to an agreement. So, so who did far from home? That was still, that was the last one in their joint collaboration. Okay. Did you see? Because Sony, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man on film. And for them to use him in the Marvel Universe, they kind of worked out a deal. And that deal kind of fell apart a little. And oh, you haven't seen it, have you? Because it uh, opened on August 29th. What? Spider-Man Far From Home. No, that opened uh, like last month. You, um, they're doing a re-release. That's what you're. Oh, why are up. they re-releasing it? Because they want to make more money, and because there's nothing else right out right now. Okay. Yeah, that came out a while ago. That's why I thought I was like I kept see I don't keep track of what the names are. I just see Spider Man, and I'm thinking, gosh, they're really you know whipping these things out. <laughs> so. All right. What new trailers we got? All right, I um, was kind of shocked at all of the little trailers that came out here. Um, so we have The King, which is, this is how it read. It comes to theaters October 11th and starts streaming November 1st. So is that, so it will get, it's got a stream for is it two weeks. So they can, so it can be award. Um, award. Okay. So this is another Timothy Chalamet stars as this is not another, this is another movie of him and he stars as Henry V and it's an adaptation of several of Shakespeare's plays. So, um, 
I saw the trailer and I, I don't know, I'm interested enough to see it. And I, you know, I'm, I, I, I like Timothy and I like Shakespeare. So I'll probably go see it, see what happens. And that's Netflix, right? I believe so. Yes. And then we have Lucy in the sky. Now this, I couldn't, this looks a little bizarre. Um, Natalie Portman plays an astronaut. Um, and this is, I love, this is fictionalized. Really? Fictionalized. It's very strange and dark. These events that follow her uh, return to Earth, they show her saying something like, you know, she's out there. She's like, just give me a few more minutes out here, you know, whatever. And then she comes home and... um. It's her wanting to get back out there and going through all the tests and everything. And she's running into some roadblocks, but it, she seems to have some um, mental issues coming home. So a couple of years ago, there was a story that got released about a female astronaut that took a cross-country road trip to go and attack somebody. Yes. Wearing an adult diaper. Right. For that, they used the NASA the whole time. This is the, this is the astronaut. Are you joking? No. I I had to like confirm that this was Oh my gosh. Because when you it's, when make... I watched the trailer I'm like and it started going off the rails I'm like, man, this reminds is this the story of the this crazy is fictionalized. Well, so they're taking It's probably fictionalized to the point of there's they made it look really interesting. I don't think they didn't show a diaper. Yeah, and they probably have absolutely no like she probably gave them no permission or rights or anything, so you're going to have to fictionalize a bunch of this. Um but like even at the you know, there's some stuff that were happening that obviously weren't, but yeah. The um I I had to confirm I'm like that that the name Lisa Nowak was very familiar and I'm like looking at them like Yeah, it didn't even This was the lady who drove across the country with a diaper. This is why, yeah. Um, there's two of us here, so just like, whatever. Because I didn't even put that together at all. I would have never even have thought it was the same person. Well, it was one of those things that you hear at the time, like, well, this is going to make an interesting movie one day. Seriously. <laughs> and there was a, they had this um, recording, this old recording. Did you watch the trailer? The old recording and that talked about this astronaut back in the day that came home and oh yeah it was the it was the famous um when they dropped uh when neil and uh is it buzz probably uh, um went down to the moon landing mm-hmm. the other astronaut who I'm sorry I'm forgetting his name um was in the shuttle mm-hmm. and so he had to stay in the shuttle while it rotated the uh moon Oh. And so it was his thoughts when he was on the other side of the moon. It's I'm, I'm alone. truly alone. Like there is, I am farthest away from him and mankind. I'm, I'm truncating this, but right. that was, I'm truly alone. Um, that gave me chills. And so he kind of, the, the doctor, that scene when he was just like, you know, you, you think you're alone. This is what this astronaut was truly alone. Kind of. Um, that was, that particular point, um, and I sat there thinking, "Huh, is that true?" I mean, I mean, obviously, 
they're not going to just, I thought maybe they were like building around it, but I thought that was really, I'd, I'd never, I'd never heard it. Yeah. Cause there, there was a, a point where he, I think he, he loses communication with I mean, can you NASA. imagine though? Like he loses communication with NASA. It he happens has absolutely a lot. Zero. It seems like. <laughs> zero point. No contact. Sorry. So. Apollo 13. I mean, they, people lose contact with NASA. But thinking about being out there would be terrifying to me. I mean, interesting to others, but that's why I'm not an astronaut. Jason wanted to be an astronaut, my husband. Did you know that? No. Wanted to be an astronaut, yes. Okay, um, we also have the laundromat. And this one I will watch because that's Meryl Streep in it. Um, and it is a true story based on a true story, etc. of, uh, these, um, lawyers that end up just basically becoming insanely rich because they rip off people all over by uh, Steven Soderbergh and it comes to theater September 27th um, before streaming on October 18th. This seems to be people are not going to hit movie theaters if they know that it's just going to stream but I mean I will. Some might. I would. I mean, there, There's going to be a handful that will. I, I mean, mean so, I yeah. go back to some things are better in the theaters than they are in Oh, I'm sorry. Lucy in the Sky, we were just talking about, comes out October 4th, the day before my sister's birthday. Sorry. Um, and then uh, Netflix has, this looks interesting to me. Um, it is, this one comes out September 20th. So this is coming up pretty soon, which is Inside Bill's Brain. Um, it's a three-part it's decoding Bill Gates' uh, three-part documentary. Uh, their chats with Bill Gates and looking into how he works. I thought it looked interesting enough for me. To, I mean, I'm, I would, I'd watch it just for, you know, um, knowing, kind of like, like watching a Ken Burns, you know, documentary ish type of thing about somebody who mm-hmm. made a huge difference in our world. So I, I, this is not by Ken Burns, by the way, I'm just saying that, uh, I would, I'll be watching that one. And then we have <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum, I feel, which I still probably will watch because Jeff Goldblum is such a wacky out there character but I've always liked him for some reason it's the world according to Jeff Goldblum which I really don't like the world according to that kind of pisses me off um, I just don't like that they use that because of GARP and because I'm sure that they didn't even ask for that but um, maybe he did anyway it's basically if you watch the trailer you are going to know if this interests you or you you're going to turn the trailer off in about 15 seconds or less. Um, you're just watching him do stuff. And and he basically says, this is what I'm doing. And if you're really into this, then you're watching it. If you don't, you won't. He's really fun. I don't know. I Jeff Goldblum is so bizarre. But 
I started watching. Eclectic. Eclectic, Eclectic is the, the best way of describing him. I shouldn't say bizarre. See, to bizarre to me is not a bad thing. I feel like I'm very bizarre. Um, but I started watching him, you know, in The Big Chill. And for some reason, The Big Chill was a movie that I watched a lot in when I was in high school. Some, most people were not watching The Big Chill in high school, but I was. Um, and then... Uh, well, not recently, but last year. Well, I guess during the last year, I showed Kendra the fly in which she saw Jeff Goldblum in a whole different light, I believe. Um, I think he's he's interesting. I think he... Do you think that he's the same person in every movie or do you feel like he is a good movie actor? I... I think more recently he's become, I, I I don't know if it's more typecasting than not, but. I like him. I'm just going to go out and say this. There's probably, there's some probably horrible story out there about him that I've not read maybe, and I hope it doesn't happen. So uh, those are mine. And you had some. And And that's coming where? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, that's actually going to be, that, that's, that was confusing to me as to where it's going to be because it had a National Geographic mm-hmm. sign on it, but that because it did, Disney owns National because, Geographic. Because, okay, it said Disney, <laughs> and it said, if anything, to get the Disney Channel, it would be for this show. So it looks like I'm getting the Disney Channel. Fine, I'm getting the Disney one. The only reason she's getting it is because Jeff Goldblum. Well, I already have Hulu. So why not just add it on? You could probably take it off in a month, but then we probably won't. So there you go, Disney. Way to go. Pull somebody in, that random person that, you know, is Jeff Goldblum playing, and that's why they're they're coming to Disney. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, if you're on the fence about Disney+, Plus, I don't think Jeff Goldblum's going to sway you Uh, if the rest of them didn't. Well. You weren't on the fence, though. I know, but this made me you jump over. You were clearly on the other side. I jumped fans. over the fence for Jeff Goldblum. Okay? That's how I feel. Moving on to your two popes. Um, so Netflix released another trailer. They released a bunch of trailers this, this week. This is the Pope. Um, Sorry. But it was two popes with Anthony Hopkins in it, another one of their Oscar contenders. Um, I don't have much more information than that, but it'll be released in theaters and then it'll be released on Netflix. Have you heard the song? This is po- or Pope. This is a Pope. Or it starts out, this is the Pope, my prince. I don't know. Um, no. And that <laughs> okay, that's going to be like the I'm second, uh, another Pope thing that we have going on for the rest of this year because there's also uh, the new Pope, which is the one with Jude Law. Mm-hmm. But this... Um, mm-hmm. So... Which, yeah, they have a very strange uh, release picture of the new season. It's basically... Of Jude Law and his... Uh, undies. Skivvies. He looks... I mean, it's probably, you know, touched up, but he looks good. Uh, so, a couple other trailers. Like I mentioned, there was a new Choker trailer, a new Fuller-length Terminator trailer. Um, actually, looks really good, the more I see of the new Terminator um, uh, did I already talked about D23? Uh, a couple Apple TV Plus trailers were released. Um, a new 
the comedy for Dickinson uh, about Emily Dickinson. Um, and, and that's got Haley Steinfeld in it. Um, the morning show trailer was released with Stephen Carell, Jennifer Aniston, and Reese, I think. Hmm. And then Netflix also released the trailer for the upcoming Breaking Bad movie, um, El Camino, which takes place as to what happened to Jesse Pinkman after the events of the last oh. movie. Um, so the only tidbit they give you with the El Camino trailer is, um, I forgot which name the character is, but they have him sitting in the, the I like Jesse. They have him sitting in the police thing, and basically, like, I'm not going to tell you what happened to him and where he went to, and you're not going to find him. Um, oh, that's cool. So, and that was how they introduced that. All the filming is wrapped on Breaking Bad, and it's coming in October. So. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, which is like you know an oldie now, we can say it's an oldie, but um, Breaking Bad is the one where I tried to watch it three times and I just kept turning it off the first season, the first episode. And then I thought, okay, I am going, people keep talking about it. So I'm going to sit down and watch three episodes. I was hooked. Like after that, and then Jason was, and then, um, so if you haven't seen it, it's a fantastic dive into somebody's it just really complete, like it's great. It's a great show. What they would do to take, take care of their family. But then what happens when, wow, stuff grips them and pulls them down. It's, 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 it's a great show. So I would, I love the fact that in that show, like shit hits the fan all the time. All (laughs) the, I mean, and not just shit. We're just body and everything. Um, I was thinking the tub anyway. Um, yeah, definitely go watch breaking bad, finish all those and then watch the movie. That would be a really cool like if you hadn't seen any of them, I'm kind of jealous of you. And then you could just watch the movie right after. That would be cool. So, yeah, is that all of them? I think that's all of them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was tons more that we didn't cover since we've been gone for a month. But those were the highlights for me. So let's roll into our cue and review. You want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Hey, go ahead. Oh, of course. I'm just going to whip through a couple of them. Okay. So I went to see, I did see a couple movies, but um, I'm just going to go and I'm going to review Blinded by the Light, which was uh, actually directed uh, by, I'm going to, Grinder Shadra, and uh, who did bend it like Beckham and if you haven't seen that that's a great movie um, and it's a true based on a true story about a British Pakistani um, boy a teenager actually uh, living in England in uh, 1987 um, and they uh, amidst lots of racism and people having issues with them, you know, coming into their country and lots of, there, there it's a lot of, there's actually a uh, white supremacist um, 
I don't know, it wouldn't be a parade. It would be some type, I mean, it would rally. be a rally, like a rally that actually, that uh, happens during one of the main points of the film. Um, and so amidst all of this, and, you know, you have a father who's really trying to provide for his family, but he's not really connecting. And this uh, teenager who is very um, locked down, pretty much. I mean, in in sense of his father is very strict. His, you know, his mother works very hard. Um, she does a lot of sewing, and that's how she gets money for the family. And he feels isolated. He's a writer, um, but he never shares anything. And then um, he is turned on by, that sounds bad, turned on to the music. <laughs> that sounds bad too. Somebody gives him a couple tapes of Bruce Springsteen. Like I said, that, that way. And it's like the way, I, I do like the way they filmed this part him listening to Bruce Springsteen and it's showing him scenes of his life and Bruce Springsteen's lyrics popping up on the background of um, the, you know, like the walls behind him as he's walking. And and I liked that because it, you know, it really brought it into his life and how you can see exactly where, why that would affect him. And there's a scene where his father is talking to him and he's listening to Bruce and his dad's, you know, barking at him about something. And then here we have, you know, Bruce's lyrics just completely resonate in his life. And I found it fascinating. Um, and it just shows the power of uh, good lyrics, good music, and how it can affect people all over the world and affect people that you never thought it would ever be, you know, like, how is this going to work out? Like, how, why would this kid ever have, like, a connection? And it, and he absolutely does. I, the only thing about this movie um, I didn't particularly enjoy. Um, they have a scene where he, he and his buddy, um, want to have a radio show in their high school and it's all Bruce Springsteen songs and they say no to him. So they start playing um, a track and they lock, like they sneak in, put on the track and they lock the door and they run out of the school. And it's very strange. Like they have the music playing. This is the only thing that didn't really quite fit. And I remember thinking... This kind of sucks. I mean, this part just was like, why did you do this? Because all at once they're doing this and then they're running through a field. I mean, even my daughter, like I took Zoe to see it and her friend Ruby saw it. Um, and they were like, Zoe said she started laughing out loud and it was just odd I mean, they, um, that's the only part where they started making it sort of like a musical-ish kind of Elton John type, you know, his Rocket Man type mm -hmm. of thing. And it did not fit for me. Um, there's a couple of cute mo moments where it shows that his best friend's dad 
is also a Bruce Springsteen fan. And, you know, they have like, he starts singing to this girl and the dad knows the music and start, he, he starts singing too. And so it, I liked, I resonated with the whole thing. I, I guess I understood because the Beatles came into my life during that time as well, like during my teens. And so I felt like, okay, I totally get it. So, um, I recommend it if you really like Bruce Springsteen. Um, if you really enjoy his work. I mean, I think that it doesn't need to be seen on a big screen. You could probably wait if you wanted mm-hmm. on this. I, um, yeah, because when I left... I don't remember thinking, wow, that was great. You know, I did go see yesterday um, as well. And that was a whole different experience for me. Yeah, you talked about that. You said you liked it. I liked it, but I bawled. I, yeah, that was, yeah, a whole other experience. (laughs) So I did not have that with this movie, but. I think it shows, I thought it was interesting that she chose this topic. It's actually based on a book. Um, so I maybe read the book and see how the movie, uh, how the movie does, how she did with it. So there you go. Blinded by the light. Blinded by the light. It's still in theaters. I saw it a couple weeks ago, though, so, um, but it's still there, so if you want to go out and see it, I wouldn't recommend it. Then you could be a Bruce Springsteen fan and hate it, I don't know, but I'm, you know, Jason likes Bruce Bruce Springsteen, but he wasn't able to go. So there you go. Cool. Um, I had a bunch of things I've watched, but nothing really stuck out except for the last one. Like, I saw, I watched Rocket Man at Home, and enjoyed it and think it was 100% great. Um, but it's definitely one of those ones that like, did you find wow, sad? How, how did this not become a musical before it became a movie? Well, because he's going to rake in. He's, he's putting that on Broadway. Yeah, but I just haven't heard any rumblings about it. That's it what's, will. It, trust me. That's what's odd. It hasn't, there's been no rumblings about it. It will. Yeah, we say that, but I guarantee you. Um, I saw Hobbs and Shaw. Um, it was okay. I mean, it was Statham and The Rock and a little over the top. Really? Just That's a bit. shocking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's an offshoot of the Fast and the Furious series, but this kind of took it to a different level. And you got Idris Elba with like superpowers, basically. What? Because he's infused with, oh my God. Um, okay, come on, stuff, and it's just what that's strange. just strange. That's strange. Um, but it was definitely more kind of like a spy thriller type that they were going for, spy action thriller, um, rather than the the standard fare of, hey, we've got fast vehicles, let's boost them, and this was Hobbs and Shaw, like the new. 
it it was a fun. When you say like spy. two hours of mindless entertainment. Okay. You know, it was it was fun for what it was, but as a movie, it wasn't perfect. <laughs> uh, Glow season three popped up on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Tackled that one off. How was that? Um, not as good as season one and season two. Mm-hmm. But it delved a lot more into them being in in Vegas and dealing with that whole atmosphere um so you saw a lot more of the personalities of the individuals starting to come out Mm -hmm. and who handles that um scene well and there are some big breaks at the end that were like oh okay this is gonna be interesting where they're gonna go with the series now um but i still think it's overall it's a decent series it has to be your thing but me no to watch it it has to be your thing oh I thought you're um, talking directly to me. I thought, what? Oh, yeah, it does. Because res- wrestling, it can be it can be viewed as hokey and whatnot. And the 80s were definitely a hokey time of wrestling. My friend Chris, I grew up with her. She loved it. I'm, I'm wondering, I never asked her if she watched the show. She probably would dig it. Dewey digs it. Yeah. So. Uh, we went out and saw Ready or Not. Um, despite it getting good ratings and reviews... I'm going to throw down a pass on this movie. Um, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. But I like it. It's horror flick. It's not really a horror flick. That's oh, it what's isn't? weird. Like I went into expecting more out of that. It's more of like a... If you watch the trailer, it comes across that way. Shock and awe? Uh-huh. I don't know what other way to describe this. It doesn't... It comes off as a horror flick in the trailer, but it's not. There's not any of those like... Hey, we're out to scare you. It's more of like a comedy shock. Weird. You know, like comedic events and things happening. Hmm. Um, it does have its moments that are pretty funny. Um, what would you, would you rate it? If I was to put it on a a 100 scale, I'd probably put it in the mid sixties. Okay. Um, I mean, it's got it's actually got a story from beginning to end, but it's just kind of weird. Did you? I, I asked you this, but you didn't say anything, and I know that you don't really want to go there. But did you find did you find Rocket Man sad? Mm. Did you find it horribly sad that he went through that, and that those were those songs came from? All they, although they were not in order, as I have been. Um, some friends by like told me that they're not in order. The songs aren't in order. I didn't even catch catch that, but they weren't. Yes, they weren't. I found it really sad. I don't know if that would quite describe my feeling for it. I really? mean, I was more of disappointed in the people that surrounded him. Okay. Um. Depressed. Yes. That that. that but at the same light, it's a movie. It's somebody telling their version of their events of their life. So yeah. how much of it is 100% what was portrayed versus 
what was viewed through a prism of um love honestly yeah i, I mean uh, i'm not going i don't want to take away anything from the movie but i i've been around people in life where it's the woe is me things are bad he didn't write it though he wrote with the director it's the same same team that they wrote at billy elliot so but yes but it like came from i think his husband right his husband was the one that was overseeing things i don't think he even saw it till the end i mean i don't think he saw the the, the movie till the end yeah but it's still continuing on my thought there are looking looking through things through a certain prism where yes. one might it's woe is me. Everything is bad. Uh, the world is out to get me and against me. Well, it but when was. looking, sorry. But when looking, if you're somebody else looking at that same prism, you're like, things aren't that bad. You know, you're. Things are kind of bad. No, you're not. You're not understanding where I'm going. I'm sorry. As told as to how we're looking at it through the movie, yeah, it, it looks bad. But in reality, what actually happened? That that's where I'm going is that one person's view of it might not be the 100% true, but it could be. I mean, I, I didn't live the life, so I don't know what's 100% true, but that's what you have. I have to take stories like that where everything is pitted against that, you know, was everything 100% true? Were people like that in his life always like that against him? You mean his parents? His parents, his family, you know. That was horribly sad. I mean, I, I... But what I'm saying is I've been around people who they play the woe is me card and everything is against their life. But in reality, they take offense to anything or or they've taken the one person's actions as detrimental when they weren't intended to be detrimental and or they weren't. Come on, you've been around people like that. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, not Elton John. I but mean, how do you know? You're, you're getting it. You're not. You haven't lived his life. You're, you're not 100 no, percent around them. I've watched enough interviews and I've seen enough stuff, and I feel like either one of us has been a gay man, and you know, mm-hmm. trying to live our lives in that period of time, and you know, having complete and utter rejection from your family. Um, I guess that would be, I mean, to me, that would be hard. I, I, and I'm, I'm not saying it isn't, I'm just saying that all the things that were portrayed in that movie, I'm not 100% that all of it is one 100% as viewed. Okay. It just, it's. Anytime I see a biography or a biopic on somebody, that's how I have to look at it. Is it's it's through their eyes. True, I mean, but so, yeah. So I hate to just put out his autobiography. So, um, I could listen to that and see. I mean, of course, again, it's his. I mean, but what is film about? Except for like when you're dealing with a true person, like a real person and them telling their story except for their vision. And um, some people are, you know, tougher or some people are made of different things or some people 
are feelers. And I mean, I feel like I wear everything on the outside of my body. I always feel like my nerves and my everything are outside. And so I'm always feeling everything where other people completely bury all that stuff. And that stuff just bounces right off. So I think um, it's, it's, it's interesting because I would consider, you know, he's an artist in a different way, but you're an artist as well. You're just completely different types of artists. Like, um, whereas, um, not that you don't feel, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, maybe certain things wouldn't bother you as much as they would me, perhaps. Or you would, maybe it would slide off your back quicker. I hold on to things more. Maybe he's one of those people, holds on to things more, holds on to that stuff. Um, and maybe this is his way of, you know, letting it out. I, um, I enjoyed the movie. It's kind of a strange thing to say. I guess I enjoyed the making of it. I, um, my, this is one that I did not show Zoe. <laughs> I waiting on that one. It's mm-hmm. different at Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's very interesting to me that he got through that period of life when they show all that stuff, the drugs, the sex, the, you know, the partners and everything, and he didn't get HIV. It's amazing to me. I mean, I, I was just kind of shocked by it. So, um, So to, you know, have... Those two people, you know, you have um, Freddie and Elton going through the same kind of stuff. And yet it's just, it's just where you land. It's very interesting. So, I mean, plus it, yes, it is uh, in a musical style. Did you like that part or did you think that was cheesy? It was okay. Um, I thought it was interesting. I think it's smart. I think it's the whole thing is that it's going to get be put on Broadway. I that's I think that's where he's headed, and that's kind of why they did it that way. But that's just my hunch. So, are we done talking about Rocket Man? We are. Okay, since we've talked about it before, um, Men in Black International. Nothing uh, fancy dancy about that one. Um, I'd actually pass on that after watching it. But that's just me. Um, I want to talk a little bit more. I really liked, and now that's in season two, is Mindhunter mm-hmm. um, with Jonathan Groff in it. I think I'm on episode four or five. Oh, so you're not finished with it yet. I'm, I, I, I couldn't get it ending. Nope. I wanted to. It's definitely one of those ones, yeah, you can't, you got to make sure oh. kids are cleared. Yep. And you have to be awake. I yeah. kept falling asleep. But uh, yeah, it's good. I liked it. I'm liking it. Yeah, I think I th- I think it's a solid, I mean, it's a solid follow-up to the first season. Uh, David Finchner's behind it, and it's just, it's got his imprint upon it throughout. Just that dark, in-your-face realism. Um, How's the last episode? Is there going to be a continuation or? Oh, absolutely. There's definitely going to be a season three. Okay. So. Yeah, they're not done telling the story. They didn't. 
if you if you've watched any of season one and season two, um, I, I assume you're referring to the BTK killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so they've been setting this up since episode one of the first season of the stuff with the BTK and how this guy became, I mean, what was it? 20 years of killings, 40 years of killings, just an insane amount of time that he was never caught. And then when he finally was, um, I think everything that they've been setting up is in lead up to that because they're showing how they've developed all these different protocols and all these different ways of finding people. And that's all going to be used for how they found BTK. It's interesting because, um, my, my co like she's from Kansas. She grew up in Wichita. Uh, my friend Leslie, who I've talked about before, um, she's in Minneapolis and she was talking about how much she loved the show and how in the beginning, how they're talking about Wichita and the airport and, you know, the airport is now totally not that, I mean, it's completely, it's strange to see how they portrayed the airport. And then she brings in a Dylan's sack. Now Dylan's, do you, Dylan's, um, was a, or is, could be still, I think Kroger may have taken it over. I'm not sure. Um, a grocery store that I grew up with. Dylan's was in my town and it was a huge thing, like, like tops type thing. Um, and she brings in a Dylan's sack bag, I guess from the grocery store, but it has handles. And back then it would not have had handles. Things like that. She was like, why did they do that? I mean, things like, if you're going to go that deep into like, okay, I don't know why they would have, they they didn't have handles on bags. That sounds stupid to focus on that. But because I'm, you know, we're looking at, oh my gosh, Dylan's. Because we grew up with Dylan's. Um, Growing up in Kansas, you know, I'm being small town. She's being in Wichita, Kansas. And she's hearing about, you know, she heard about BTK so much more than I did. I didn't even realize it was even going on, kind of. So uh, it's been, she kept watching it really slowly because she didn't want it to end. (laughs) She was pacing it out, but yeah. Uh, And then, of course, the woman that wrote uh, the book about BTK and did all the research. Do you know what I'm talking about? The BTK book. Um, that, was, is that the one that, the, uh, the bestseller, um, Pat Oswalt's wife, uh, is that Pat Oswalt's wife? No, it's, um, she's now deceased. She blind torture and kill, um, which that's the book I believe. So, and is that right? Because I'm wanting to say it was written by, where are you? The author. No, that's not right. There's a blind torture kill. Like she's going to kill me now. It became popular because um, they started talking about it on my favorite murder. Um, And she dies before they make this huge connection. 
Am I? Are you are you, are you thinking of Patton Oswalt's wife? Because she was she wrote the book about the Golden State Killer, and then they found who the Golden State Killer was after she died. Oh, I am. I'm getting my killers confused. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, because like I know I, I like, listened to that my favorite murder episode too. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's the Golden State Killer. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm getting. Yeah, Michelle McNamara was Patton Oswalt's wife who died. Okay. And she wrote on the. But you can read that book too. Um, but yeah, sorry, I got those two confused. That is, that happens to me quite regularly. But I too recommend Mindhunter. It's on Netflix. How many episodes are there? Eight, I think. Yeah, so I'm. I think it's eight I'm, per season. I'm almost done. Uh, one of my favorite ones is their encounter. Did you get to the Charlie Manson encounter yet? I want to say that's got to be at least episode no. four. Well, I don't remember. That. Oh, you'd remember it. Okay, don't know. Them in the jail cell with Charlie Manson. No, I don't. I no, I'm not there yet. So maybe I'm only on three. That's trippy. Um, I just like Jonathan Gross' approach to this season after being hospitalized at the end of the first and just uh-huh. having that always there, you know, the fact that, and it, it comes up several times throughout the show of him just having that, that breakdown. That, I do. I, the fact that he has these panic attacks and things like that, um, those come off as pretty real to me. And they, they definitely did a good job with that. And it makes complete sense. And the way, it's real. And the way those around him handled it at the time, you know, grow up, you know, get out of it. You know, nobody, nobody understood it. So they treated it like, <sighs> you know, quote unquote, sissy boy is what the term, you know, but he, and then what's going on with his partner. So I guess in a way, I think that's, that's a good part of the, of the show is to show something about, I mean, I know that it's not what it's about, but to have them show anxiety attacks and things like that. I mean, obviously you would this, I mean, he's an extreme stuff, but you can have it over anything and them showing what it's like. I uh, appreciated that part. And you're right. It's just the way people saw it then. And a lot of the way people see it now. After you're finished with the series, you'll have to give me your take on the view of um, their female partner. So far, she's pretty hard. Well, how they run with the story, I feel like they were shoehorning something for her to do for this season and giving her a, her own spinoff spin-off ah. thingy here that I don't think it played service to season two in general, mm-hmm. um, especially how that, that whole relationship concludes by the end of the, the series that I don't know what they're setting it up for for season three. Okay. Um, I understand as a, as a relationship, um, like looking at a relationship with a magnifying glass thing, it's, it's intriguing to, to watch that. But as a series, I don't know how they feel it played into the series as a whole. Okay. More, more as of a distraction. I won't. 
Like, whereas, like, his, like, Jonathan Gross character, his relationship with his girlfriend affected everything that happened to him during season one. What's happening with her relationship and her character doesn't seem to have the same effect on season two as his did on season one. Okay. So I don't know why, why they took that tangent with her. I understand it as a character development and but I don't see it applying to her character and how it made any bearing on things. So that's why I'm wondering what are they setting up season I'll give you the follow up. I think I think that we are going to try to add in a hopefully a short follow up part. Like for instance, if you had not corrected me <laughs> about the Golden State Killer and we had just run with the fact that it was BTK, um, then that's when I would have come on the next show and said, guess what? I messed up and this is what it really is, which I have done before and listened to them writing the notes going, oh my gosh, I totally fouled that up, um, which happens. And so um, I think we'll have our little hey, messed this up, so um, this is the actual, this is what I was really talking about, or this is, so I will give the follow-up of what I think there. So that's, yeah, I'll definitely be done by then. So, and as far as, oh, I think, is that everything you wanted to discuss? Yeah. I'd say if you haven't it's watched, you my, if you haven't watched Mindhunter season one, go back and watch it. Yeah. Start catching up on season two now. Um, it was, it was a jewel when I found season one last time. Yeah. I, I was glad that they came back with season two and I'm already looking forward to season three. I don't know. Just something about an in-depth dive like this is just intriguing to me. Plus I like it because it's not, you can watch it and be interested and it's, you know, uh, uh, it's not too much. Does that make sense? It's not so much that you can't watch it. If that yeah, makes any it has, sense. It has its moments, but they're very, 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 very few and far between. It's more about the, them discovering how people work. Yeah. And trying to use that mind. as a tool. Yeah. The mind hunter. But at the same time, <laughs> what's going on in their own lives that is affecting them. Uh-huh. So. I think, yeah, I like the way they put it together. It's put together well and written well. So. But season two is definitely taking less of the focus off of Jonathan Gross' character and put it more on the, the, the two other characters and exploring what's happening to their life outside of their hunt for the serial killer. Yeah, I mean, and David Fincher, come on. The guy can write. He can, I just enjoy his movies. He uh, is behind Seven, Fight Club, Zodiac. I'm not going to say Gone Girl because I can't stand that movie. (laughs) It's one of the worst movies ever made. And The Game... Um, so if you haven't checked out his early work, check those out. Seven. I went to see that with my dad. That one, if you haven't seen seven, <laughs> you're in for it. Um, but yeah, 
So David Fincher's got, he's got some good stuff out there. All righty. And then we moving into, this is a light. What's new? Yeah. Into our grab bag and what's new. Um, This weekend is light. (laughs) Yeah. So last week when we had uh, Ready or Not and Angel Has Fallen open up, um, I have not seen Angel Has Fallen. Probably will be one of those Saturday, I have nothing to do movies. I think it just passed or passed. So I, it was the big movie over the weekend. Yeah. Because there's nothing else on. There's nothing else on. And I mean, if you've watched any of the first two films of this series, it's not great, but it's, again, it falls into Hobbs and Shaw territory of its mindless, but I wouldn't say it's mindless fun. It's just mindless action. Um, So the fact that it got such a, boost at the box office was boggling to me. Um, but this weekend we have it chapter two, chapter two. I haven't seen chapter one. Do you recommend it? I thought it was good. I mean, I, I didn't like the original it. I've read the book. I haven't read the book. It was interesting. I mean, I, I'd probably put it in the eighties as a rating. The thing is, it's the whole clown factor. You don't like clowns? No, I don't have a problem with clowns. That's the thing. They okay. don't bother me. They don't scare me. The red balloon and all this stuff. I don't know. And I, I'm sure people are like, well, if you watched the movie or you read the book, you would have a problem with clowns. And I just, I. Well, the, the clown factor even poltergeist is. didn't freak me out. Over the clown clouds. factor is more of it's to deal with the kids and that he's going after kids. And, you know, that's what where that little bit of a clown factor is he can turn into anything he wants to turn into he can yeah he's like a shapeshifter to a degree what do you mean he turn into anything give me give me an example he can be anything anyone it can be can he go into someone's body and be like one of their friends or not um i don't know if he's done that or not but like if you watch um, the tra- even watch the trailer for the second one, there's the lady at, and Bryce Dallas Howard's character, who was one of the little girls, comes in and talks to the older lady, and he's already, you no, know, basically taken over. So her. he does take over. Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult to explain than that. Just watch, just watch the first movie. The first movie. Get, o- get over the clown thing and realize that like the clown thing was geared towards drawing in little kids. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. Kid kids would theoretically, you know, this was before clowns became known as creepy. Kids at that time would think clowns were fun and, you know, they represent happy and oh, you want to give me a balloon? Okay, I'll follow, kind of thing. I find it interesting that it's coming out this weekend. And it's a very quiet weekend. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. And I believe I'm looking, but the last time I looked and I'm looking now, it does not have, it's coming out this weekend and it doesn't have any like reviews yet. Yeah, they might have not done any early release. That scares me. Eh, that really. could be bad. 
I actually don't like when films put out early stuff. I know you don't. Especially like three months ahead of time, they do the early screenings and then like they let people release uh, ratings and reviews off of those. Because what is shown three months ago is not what's shown now. Right. You know, you do test audience screenings for a reason. Um, but anyway, it, it is coming. It too is hitting theater September 6th. Also in September 6th is, um, Edie. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that Edie is probably not going to be in a lot of theaters. Um, so, but it looks, it's about, um, after the death of her husband and this woman who embarks on an adventure, it's kind of like, no, I won't say that, uh, into the Scottish Highlands to climb, uh, Mount Sullivan. And I just think it sounds really good. It's probably, it seems like, um, this is definitely an indie, so... It's probably not going, unless you're in a big city or something like that, you're probably not going to see it. But uh, I think it'll come here. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay. Um, we got a couple uh, new stuff that just started on streaming last week. Uh, Carnival Row over on Amazon Prime. What is that about? Not entirely sure. I just know that it has... Um, Legolas from Lord of the Rings, uh, Orlando Bloom as oh, okay. in it. Um, has he and been in much? In the last couple of years, probably, but not anything that sticks out to me. What happened to him? He seemed like he was on a, I think a he, ride. The, the last thing I know he was in was one of the Hobbit movies. Okay, so what I can find about Carnival Row... Is that um, I'm not going to tell you how many people liked it because you don't like to know that. Um, it's on Amazon Prime Video, and it's a human detective and a fairy, fairy that rekindle a dangerous affair in a Victorian fantasy world. The city uneasy peace collapses when a string of murders reveals an unimaginable monster. Okay. Yeah. I, the look of it intrigues me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love stuff that have big set pieces that are set at different times yeah. that they just go all out on making it look good. They The costumes look fantastic and the colors are pretty. I mean, that, that sounds silly, pretty, but they do pop. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch it, and, but I've been staying away from, been staying away from reviews and ratings in general, just to not influence. I'm going to try to do that. That sounds but like a better way of doing it. It's things. really hard sometimes when, you know, they'll throw up a certified fresh on something and you can't avoid seeing that. My problem is sometimes, like, but, but I've disagreed right. several times with things that are certified fresh. You're right that uh that and the fact that some movies are horribly 
you know, the, like take, take a movie from the eighties that okay, I love that you would love that other people would probably hate. Oh gosh, there's tons. Okay. <laughs> that I, yeah. So you're right. But what influenced you to watch it in the first place? The, uh, just the people that were in it, the people that were in it or time. no, just the people that were in it at the time. So and that was your only, the only influence well, that you had. I saw the preview. It. I saw the preview and it looked interesting to me. Like I'm thinking of one in particular. Okay. Um, so I guess the people that were in it and the fact that, I don't know. Yeah. The reviews, cause we did not the reviews, uh, the, um, trailers because we didn't have this and we didn't look up the reason I do it now. This sounds terrible. And trailers back then sucked. I know, but I still, I still, yeah. And I don't think I saw it until video. Um, But I would say that it, well, the one I'm thinking about is Dream a Little Dream. So Dream a Little Dream has the two Corys in it. But um, it also um, is not what you think. I liked it and I showed Kendra and I kept saying, Kendra, my niece, who's been on the show, and I kept saying, okay, well, you, you might probably hate this, whatever, you know, whatever. She loved it. And I, so she sent a message to Wendy, who's also been on the show. She's like, oh, you'll love it. Which I had never really realized that Wendy even loved that movie. So, um. And w- now what's the Rotten Tomatoes on Dream a Little Dream? Okay, let's look that, let's, let's look that up because that could be. I'm going to laugh if this backfires on me. I know. Um, <laughs> it probably will. Because it has a good cast. I'm not going to lie. Because it has Jason Robards. And, uh, oh my gosh. No, this did not, this did not backfire on you. Because okay. this is fanta- This is a fantastic example. And he just kicked my ass on. No, I'm, I'm not trying to kick your ass. I'm just but, trying but you to, did. You to did. show something. Because... Um, because it has um, Piper Laurie in it and Jason Robards. Would you like to guess? Guess what the tomato meter is. 28. I'm going to show you. <laughs> Zero. Zero on the tomato meter. Okay, so it wasn't critically reviewed, but the audience score is 67. Yeah, but still. I mean, I let's just say that I'm pretty sure that the critics would hate this movie. So I'm just going to my point of... I love it. Of why, of why I've tried my hardest to stay away from ratings and reviews influencing as to what I'm going to see. Do you watch them? I'm going based off of either who's in it. Does the trailer look interesting? Does it look like a movie that is going to bore me to death or keep me entertained? So when we're looking at a show like Carnival Row, I go back to, I haven't seen Orlando Bloom in something in a while, but I like him as an actor. The set looks gorgeous and it's set as a series. So when you take something that's set in time or set in, in that, where they've taken that dedication and drawn it out into a series rather than just, hey, it's a two hour movie kind of thing, it just intrigues me even more. It's like, okay, let's see how they play with the space for a limited amount of time. Here's my here's my thing. Um, if the reason I look at reviews normally is because I 
feel at this moment in my life. It's just this, it's just a small moment in my life with small children. And, uh, I, I look at him and think, is this going to be worth my time? Because I don't like going to movies that are terrible. And I'm pissed that I spent the time and the money watching this movie, which I, but would you ever have had dream a little dream in your life? If you were sticking to that now or that, no, I would not. So you wouldn't have this jewel of a movie that has influenced your <laughs> it's life. A jewel. It's that I wouldn't go. Say, I would say it influenced my life, but I definitely quote it a lot. And it's I don't even think you can rent it. Well, maybe you can rent rent it. I own it, but I had to order it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of movies that get really bad reviews, and I enjoy. So you're right. So I should probably just shut up and just watch the movies. Uh, I, I'm, I did not say that. I'm just, I'm just putting no, out think, there that like, I think you're right. I do. I think sometimes if we get too caught up in as to what the rating is, we're going to miss something because these people are totally different than we are. And that's, you know, why have a show? If like a not- movie like yesterday, if it got rated at 23%, you probably wouldn't have gone seen it. I would not. And I went to see it twice. <laughs> um, and, th- and this was even after you had stated how much you I were not know. looking forward to it because oh of what God. they did with the Beatles. It made me sick. I don't, even remember, I don't even know what the rating is now. I didn't go and look at the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Jason goes home after a movie and will completely dive in and just research the hell out of it. For some, that, that, 63. He enjoys it. Um, I don't know. I... I, I I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it because of the two people that he that that kept showing up and why they kept showing up. And when they said, "We're so happy that you are bringing this music back because we're the only ones that remember," it, and we're just so happy because we can't sing and we love hearing. It. I just and then. Now, I want to also say quite the opposite can happen, too. Something can have a 90-plus rating, and you get 10 minutes into it, and you're like, what the hell am I watching? Why am I watching this? And turn it down. Well, that happens with me with musicals. When I tell people that I walked out, yes, I did, on Mamma Mia, uh, during intermission, people are, oh, you're kidding I was in Vegas and I walked out. I was just like, I can't stand this. They're shoving these ABBA songs in here. <laughs> They're trying to make a movie. It drives me crazy. And, you know, and everybody loves Mama Mia. And, you know, we were talking earlier about these um, early musicals that are cheesy. And I can't stand them. And other ones I like. So it just depends, you know, what movie it is, you know. And Kendra loves all of them. Wendy loves all of them. And I just, I cannot get in to that sappy stuff. I mean, I'm big. I, I like some, but I'm kind of like the dark, you know, give me lay miss any time of the day. But, you know, Oklahoma, me. I think at the end of the day, sometimes you just need to take a risk and see if you're going to like it. Even if it is 15 minutes of your time. I don't want to spend fifteen dollars or ten dollars. No, 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 no. I'm, I mean, I'm, 
I, I guess I would put this more into the streaming world than the going out to the movie or okay. going into musical. Like because of how much stuff is coming out on streaming now, you have that ability to say, hey, I'm going to put 15 minutes of time into this and see if it's something I like. And you'll never know because all of a sudden that might be your new little jewel of something that you just find fantastic and somebody else thinks it's the worst thing in the world. Oh, gosh. Or vice versa, the world might think it's the best thing ever and you might think this is horribly terrible. I can't watch it. I or it might take you three times like Breaking Bad to get through and before you, you watch it and you're like, oh, this is a great series. You can't even base it on people that know you the best. Sorry. Um, like... I um, I'm like putting air quotes up because it makes me sound like I'm five years old to say my best friend um, from gosh, you know, since we were 14, I read the Goldfinch, for instance, and the Goldfinch movies coming out. I'm super excited and I love the book. and She hated it. So there you go. I mean, and then she reads books and I can't read them. So we're totally different uh, on that. So. Um, you can't even go on that. So I would say you're right that we should not just stop going to Rotten Tomatoes. No, I'm just kidding. We just <laughs> lost theirs. We just lost. If they were ever going to endorse us, they're not going to now. Um, but I do appreciate Rotten Tomatoes just because I like to go and read. Although I don't really know who runs the Roger ebert site now like i don't know if they right how that i wish it kind of should have gone away probably i'm assuming i really enjoyed reading what his take was i have not still haven't found somebody that i trust i trusted roger ebert and i don't do you have anybody you don't even no i barely barely read (laughs) <laughs> barely read. No. I barely read critics' things, and if I do, it's after I've seen something. I'd have to just like, to see if, like, are are my thoughts of what I'm feeling? Has somebody articulated them? Has somebody else felt those same thoughts, or am I feeling something because I viewed this through a prism of something that's not even connected to the movie? Oh, you know what? Here we go. My guy, Roger Ebert, when Dream Little Dream came out, <laughs> gave it a 0. 0.5. Ouch, ouch. Out of four. Ouch, ouch. Roger. <laughs> but Roger was also not a young girl. And I didn't even watch the two Corys. I mean, it's just science fiction. It's cool. I mean, I would recommend it now even for people that like that whole it's just deeper, really is a deeper movie than you think it is. Anyway, moving on, since we have totally, I have So the whole point of it. this is out there somewhere now is a jewel waiting to be discovered. You just haven't watched it yet. And maybe everybody hates it except you. So. And it's going to change your life or something. Go out there and take a chance on something. Take a chance on me. <laughs> anyway. No, no, don't take a chance on that book, please. Um. um Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal just started on Friday as well. And we got about 15 minutes into this and I just had to turn it off because I just wasn't in the mood to watch it and it just wasn't getting me to where I wanted. I thought everything was cool and it's just one of those, I'm just going to, 
put off for Is it because of minute. your mood? I don't know. I just, it was kind of like one of those, I just wasn't ready to watch it or I don't know. It was like in the middle of- Like a Breaking Bad thing. Was it Friday at like six o'clock? We started watching it and it was just like- I can't even get- Baseball was on at seven and I was like, I'd rather watch baseball right now than this show. And it was just, I don't know if it was just the pacing for the first 15 minutes, but it wasn't enough to draw me in. So your daughters have seen the original Dark Crystal? No. They haven't? No. Why? Because they haven't. Do you ever try to push it on them or? No. Would you think that they would watch it? Like, what do you think for now? Because back it's like PG or something. But I I think the approach to this Dark Crystal, though, I don't think you need to have the backstory of the other one. Really? No. Because the first 15 minutes explained everything for the basically laying out what's going on and what's happening. I'd keep trying to get Zoe to watch Dark Crystal, and man, she will not watch it. But I keep thinking, if, see, my problem, that's where it bombed on me. She always wants to watch the trailer. The trailer freaked her out totally. But if she just would start from the beginning and go slowly into, she won't watch Labyrinth either, which is cool. I keep trying to get her to watch these things, and... Mm -hmm. The thing she really enjoys that you're surprised at, like I, you know, I'm like, wow, you really like this. Then you, I think you would, I had a watch, for instance. <laughs> yeah. When dad's gone, we get, we get to play a little. I had her watch Lady Hawk. She loved, she, she really, she enjoyed that. Harbor, no, it was not her thing. You know, but these movies that we watched, I don't know if you like, did you even watch Lady Hawk? I don't think I've seen it since it came out. Okay, so it wasn't a huge thing for you. But my sister and I loved it. And, you know, these movies, I keep trying to think about these movies because I am big on, if we're going to watch television, then let's watch something. Let's watch a movie or some type of show that I think is worth watching, I guess, instead of them watching some of the crap that's on right now. I hate to say it. It's just... There is just a lot of crap, but there's some good stuff um, out there that Zoe kind of has found on her own. She really likes the British shows on Netflix for kids, like Little Lunch. Speaking of British shows, uh-huh. Peaky Blinders season five just started on BBC. Ugh, Peaky Blinders. That was a hard one for me to watch. Oh my God, that's one of my favorite shows. And Courtney, How is that hard Courtney for you too. to watch? Courtney too. She loves it. I love their infusion of alt rock music into it. Oh wait, Peaky Blinders. No, that's that's the one with that's Leslie Killian Murphy. Leslie likes that one, I believe. Um, the dark one. There's a Courtney's all dark and twisty, which I like. Um, no, Peaky Blinders is about the uh, right. the gang in in uh, England, Ireland. Yeah, I was thinking of something else. Anyway, new on TV. Uh, new season starts up for pretty much everything. Yeah. So okay, there you <laughs> it, it, go. It's th- within the next three weeks, everything will be. I'm basically looking kicking into- forward to this is us and my guy Milo was nominated for an Emmy for the third time for this show. Um, that's the only one I watch, so that's why I have Hulu. And I know that's you know, I would love for people to comment on our page on Facebook and just tell us 
what TV shows you watch and love. I would just love for people to do that because I have no idea what to watch. And I would like, and then if they like it, then I would, you know, I would like for us to talk about it. I mean, yeah, because I, I don't know anything. And we completely snip cable completely. And so now I'm all up on what's on Hulu or whatever. So, um, oh, the other show that I watched, I forgot about this. Now that you mentioned Hulu was catch 22, which is on Hulu. How was it? I liked it. That rain is really loud. Yeah, it's really catch 22. <laughs> we're, we're inside a room and I can hear the rain on the roof from in here. Uh, yeah, yeah catch 22. It's uh world war two based. It's got George Clooney and, um, oh. Uh, Dr. House. I'm assuming it's based on the book. Yeah. It's on Hulu? On Hulu. Okay. Um, I thought it was a really good, that sounds, good show. I would, I would watch that one. Um, Another one of those ones where it's, it's really well produced, like the aerial stuff. Like they, they put time into making sure that like stuff was as accurate as they could I'd like do to read it. the book first. I haven't read the book. I know it's terrible. I'm an English major and I didn't read Catch Twenty Two. Um, so, do you have any games? No, no, nothing right now. Does any? I mean, I don't know. I'm still trying to. There's too many things that I'm wanting to get into, and it's too much. Like I can't do you, you everything. Don't, you don't think Jason would appreciate you whipping out a PS4 and? Uh, well, I just the, starting gaming. The price of it is not, is not working with the price of like Harper getting a new bed. You know, these things are, you know, you have to like, you, you approach the PlayStation four as a, it's a streaming device. It supports Netflix. It supports Hulu. It supports. <laughs> so you think PS four is the way to go? I, I did Xbox for a little time, but PlayStation four has to me has been the better gaming system. And that ranges. Around, what price wise? Uh huh. I think two ninety nine to three ninety nine, depending on model. Plus, you have to buy everything separately. Yeah. Well, it comes with one controller. One controller. Like you're really. Gonna I don't play with other people. Oh. So Are you I, I've of, tried doing it with my girls, but because of their vision issues, they have troubles focusing on what's going on on the screen. I have a really hard time. Maybe it would be better. I mean, the only thing I find that would be good for them, the girls would be the hand-eye coordination. I know that sounds goofy, but seriously, I have no hand-eye coordination, and it's probably because, and I always said I'm horrible at video games, but I never got into them because Wendy was so good at it that I was just like, what's the point? That sounds terrible. The other thing is you got to kind of make sure that there's like, are there games that you're interested in? Or that they would be interested in. Yeah, I mean that. That's a it's a very fine line as to like, okay, what's out was, there on the platform that would be something they're interested. I in. I was interested in some of the stuff. In fact, I wanted to buy it because of your um, review of um, Red Dead Redemption Two. Yes. Yeah. I, I to me, it's a fantastic. And Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man, God's War. I don't. I don't know. I don't think you talk about God's War. God of War was the one that actually was the top game it won oh. all the awards which, That's when, fine. It, when it beats out both spider-man and red dead redemption 2 it was a fantastic storyline oh interesting so, so books and music this will be um well books 
for me, this will be um, a quick one. Um, Margaret Atwood is coming out with Testaments, and that is the continuation of... One moment, my brain. A Handmaid's Tale, I'm sorry. The Handmaid's Tale, and so... Um, that one is September 10th, people. I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people that are running out to get that one. I'm, and I saw Margaret Atwood in person. And she's also doing a Fathom event, I think, that you can go and watch her speak. Um, and another book, uh, September 10th, is Ducks. Um, Newburyport by Lucy Elman. That one's also a one. And then this one, my last, I think this will be, well, sorry. Talking to Strangers, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, September 10th. Now this one is kind of interesting. It examines the interactions between strangers that can sometimes yield catastrophic consequences. Like the author of five previous bestsellers examines like, high profile cases um, and the murder trial of Man and Ox and the argue the perspective of, it's, that, that sounds sort of interesting if you're into that and then um, Garrett M. Graff this also is September 10th is the only plane in the sky an oral history of 9-11 and it was a journalist and historian Garrett M. Graff who presents readers with hiring account of September 11th attacks told through uh, the voices of many who were personally affected and he weaves together stories of the airline workers I mean I think it sounds like um, good book and my gosh September 10th it's coming out a lot Stephen King the Institute if you're a Stephen King fan I'm sure everybody's gonna be running out to get that and I'm hoping he rarely I don't know how often he does like he um, goes out and signs a book. But um, I think that is all I have. I Frankly in Love by David Yoon, but I don't know, honestly, this author. So, But it's all September 10th. So September 10th, there's a lot of good books coming out. So um, get out and go look at those. Music-wise, I don't know. Do you have anything? Uh, nothing more than I know that people have been talking about Taylor Swift. I don't listen to Taylor oh, Swift, but <laughs> here's the thing: Taylor Swift. I used to be. I know this happens with all of these girls that grow up. I understand that, but can't you just grow up and be like, what's her bucket? Um, Mandy Moore or something? <laughs> like Taylor Swift. Her videos now, I can't even watch. My daughter, who used to love Taylor Swift, and she can't stand her now, which but always gets very, you know, she gets, like, annoyed very easily. And then um, the uh, Ariane... Uh, Ariana Grande. Ariane... Say it again. Ariana Grande? Yes. Um, which was my niece's first concert. Then puts out that song and video of, 
I don't even know the song. I, I just remember I looked up and I saw a horrible, one of the worst, um, videos I've ever seen in my life. And it was probably one of her biggest hits. Seven Rings is one of the worst videos I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, Zoe comes home who's nine years old and she has friends that are listening to this, these songs. And I love you, Zoe. Thank you. Just stick with Queen, sweetie, right now. Just stick with Queen. It's fine. Um, but yeah, Taylor Swift, what's going on here? Just, I don't know. I'm not really, I liked the one that she wrote. The last one that I liked was the one that was her age or the, the year she was born or something. We liked that album. And then 1984, I think something like that, (laughs) something like that. Like I liked that album. And then ever since then, we just kind of stopped listening to her sadly. But I know that they all grow up and have, you know, have to do all this stuff and make this strange. Everybody changes as a musician. I know they do, but you can still like them. Some people don't. I don't listen to her at all, so I can't. I I appreciated the fact that she was a singer songwriter. Really, really liked that, and that she was a teenager, and then she that she did that. That was really, I thought, yeah. So I don't even know if she writes her own stuff still. I'm assuming she does. Okay. Um. So she has a new album coming out. I think it's already out. Okay. Outside of that, I don't really know. Like none of the ones I follow. Okay. Had anything new? Audible listens. I am going to say "City of Girls" by Elizabeth Gilbert. I um, have read her previous books, and well, I didn't finish "Eat, Pray, Love," um, but "Big Magic," I believe, is what it's called. Uh, I loved, and again, Leslie Taylor. Well, I call her Leslie Taylor, but that's not her name. It's Plusser. Um, she loves she loves City of Girls, and I will say that if the theater scene in uh, New York City during um, the nineteen forties, I believe, uh, yeah, nineteen forties, it's spectacular. She is. It's about a girl that goes and lives with her aunt who runs a theater and she's and everything that's going on there and it's so good i i i hate to say that maybe i don't know i'm not gonna say that i'm just gonna say if you love theater and you love uh it's not like a girly book but i mean i would say it's told from a girl's perspective and it's very interesting uh I really recommend the City of Girls, and I have another one, but I'm going to wait for my listen to. So that's my audible for today. Okay. Um, so I don't have any more recommendations of anything I already had talked about. I went to see Art of Racing in the Rain with the girls because it was something that we could watch, and it had Milo in it. Milo? I call him Milo. Milo. Probably not right. But. Probably because it's, I don't know. I'm calling him Milo, and this is the guy that's the dad, and he's Jack on This Is Us. Um, 
I liked the movie. The only thing that kind of got on my nerves, which I which I hate to admit, was the fact that Kevin Costner, who plays the voice of the dog, talks too much. It's too much of the dog's thoughts, like too much. Like they could have cut out a little bit and had, you know, it's just so much of him talking. It got on my nerves. And um, it's a sweet movie. It's just, I mean, I'm going to, it's a sad movie. It's a sweet movie. Um, But it's based on the like national bestseller. This book, I remember when the book came out and everybody was talking about this book. So, um, when watching a lot of dog movies, we kept thinking that we should have brought Jason. We keep trying to watch, have Jason watch dog movies. We are really trying to get a dog here and it's just not happening. Um, but now I keep taking my girls, these dog movies and all I do is just want a dog more and more. Um, you can come over and visit ours anytime you want. What kind do you have? Two boxers. Best dogs in the world. Love kids. Oh, I should have him bring up because well, Harper's a little scared, but Zoe is not scared at all. Oof. They're they're slightly bigger dogs, but Zoe didn't care. We bring them up as puppies with the kids, and they they are they are the protectors of the the kids. They they love the kids, and they'll do anything for them. We have been looking at miniature Australian shepherds, but I I think they die they die young or something. All the book, all the dogs that I like, I ran by Leslie and she's like, well, they're all beautiful dogs. They're great dogs, but they die young. But, you know, everything, everybody dies. Everything dies. Um, and do you want to start out with what's on your how, radar? How old's Harper? Harper is six. All right. So, yeah. I, I mean, like she'd be six. about 16, probably. Yeah. You've got a dog. I mean, the average a young six. Yeah, I mean, but you're you're talking your upper teens by the time you'd be losing an animal if you got them as a puppy. I lost my first animal that meant a lot to me when I was probably um Wendy was eighteen, so I was twelve. Yeah. Twelve or thirteen. Both of my girls went through oh, two two dogs because it, of course we got them when they were puppies. But in a way, it's I kind of teaches you about life. Mm-hmm. But I think that I don't know. There's something about a dog. I love dogs. Um, I will. I will stop and pet any dog. If yeah, I we will even too. even the meanest looking dog. I will make friends with. You're I love dogs. Are you a dog whisperer? At one point the in meanest... my time, I was really yeah. Hmm. I used to have. Um, and so when I was on my mission in for the church in Utah, nobody there was like certain driveways that people wouldn't go up to because they had like you know Dumerbin pictures and Rottweilers come flying down the driveway, barking and yapping at them. I just sit you there lived in, the, in Utah for two years. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know why I would uh, know that, but that's interesting. But I, you know, the biggest part of dogs is having no fear and knowing how to approach them and letting them know that they're. You do this? Always You're pet under. Never pet over. You pet yes. over the head. Over the head is an aggressive mood. Under is yeah. a submissive mood. And then they'll and then you can take your hand and they'll let you. We're learning a lot about horses because Zoe and I started horseback riding. 
So that's kind of um, a cool thing Is that thing what too. the writing lesson was? Yeah. Uh, so we're, yeah, not riding dogs, but we are riding horses. <laughs> well, you said riding lesson. I'm like, okay, maybe they're going to take a bike out for a ride. <laughs> oh, I know. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't exactly picturing you on a horse, but now that I'm like, okay, I guess it was. So, uh, yeah, we're taking riding lessons. Um, do you want to go first on this? Uh, so what's on our radar and what's in our queue and wrap up of the show? Um, like I said, I've got Carnival Row and Dark Crystal are sitting in the queue. Um, there's going to be a couple other things that are going to be popping up over the next couple of weeks. Um, just been a busy two to three weeks for me that are kind of winding down right now. So once that stuff's cleared out of the queue, then I can start working on clearing the actual physical queue. Sure. Um, and then down the road, um, Ad Astra and the latest Rambo are both in September 20th. So that week's going to be a, a double feature somehow. So those are the big ones on my, my that's list. A, that's, that's what you got. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so let's see here. Listen to, okay. So I've been listening to this book. Um, not that this is probably going to be a huge surprise to anybody, uh, but I have ADHD. That's pretty prevalent. <laughs> In fact, I just did this funny little thing. I don't know if it has anything to do with it. It just cracked me up that I ran downstairs to get my coffee, and it was sitting right next to my computer here this morning. Because I thought I forgot it. And I this morning I was looking for my keys for five minutes and they were in my hand. Um, this Faster Than Normal, um, that's written by Peter Shankman. Uh, it's mostly Peter Shankman. And he narrates it. Uh, it's turbo, charge, your focus, productivity, success, whatever. I don't really care about that. I will say that I've read a couple books or I've kind of meandered through them. This book just might do it. This book has so many great tips for me that I just just wasn't doing and will be doing. And um, it's fantastic. And if you do have ADHD and it's okay to say that you do, um, he says, quit saying people are diagnosed with, di- with ADHD. You know, he's like, the diagnosis thing, it just always comes across as like a, a negative thing in a way. Um, and he says it's a superpower. He calls it a superpower because your brain is going so fast. And if you go by his way of uh, going through life, then you can actually uh, make it work for you. And that's actually been a great book for me. Um, I want to go see... Um, Maiden, which deals with uh, the, I put the wrong thing here, Um, the Maiden Voyage of, well, now I want to make sure that I get it right because I don't want to get it wrong here. Um, Maiden, there it is. Um, it's a book out, or it's a movie out right now. Uh, may not be in your area. I'm not quite sure. Um, but it is the story of how Tracy Edwards, a 24 year old cook and 
whatever, in, in 1989, uh, became the skipper of the first ever all-female crew to enter the white bread round of the world in 19... Uh, so she competed in this all-women crew. And um, I think it's a great thing to take anybody to, but I'm definitely going to take my girls to. It's PG. Uh, it's a limited release starting it, like back in June, but it's still out in theaters right now. So um, probably not for too much longer. So I do want to see that one. And I will say after the wedding, I hopefully will go see that one. Um, and then finish up Mindhunter, maybe start up Carnival Row, and take a stab at Dark Crystal. And that is what I have. Cool. Well, I think that wraps up our show. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, as always, you can find us at culturalstew.net, at culturalstew, not on Twitter, and culturalstew on Facebook. There you'll find our social media handles and all that jazz if you want to follow us individually. Um, as always, stop in, say hi, comment, critique, blast, rant, rave, <laughs> whatever you want to do. We're here. We're listening. Um, yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Later. See our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today. Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site. A way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.